Okay, let's get Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running. That's low in the depths, and I can't running, running, and running, running, and running, running, and running. Ow! Jerome, you always take it just like a few steps. Literally, how dare you? Wow. Has it started? How far is it in the thing? Hello? Welcome back. I'm Jerome, and that's Kenyon, and this is We Love That. All right, this week we've got a really special guest for you. Her name is Elof. She graduated from Yale University last year, and we're so glad to have her. Today we are talking about all things Ariana, boy bands, girl bands, uh, and racial identity. Be careful, though. We dropped the N-word a couple times, so just watch out. A little content warning. But we hope you enjoy Hello, we're back, and we've got a special guest. Would you like it's to introduce me. yourself? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get to introduce myself. Or, I or you can choose you. either Kenyon of us. Could introduce you. No, you I could choose. Bring on I a guest choose. To introduce I choose you. me. Oh, um, incredible. This is Elof, Elof Elmalik, the number one fan of this podcast, and now wow, a guest. It's not contentious. She's claimed the title. If anybody wants it, you know what to do. No, there's not even that option. <laughs> I literally claimed it within minutes of you guys announcing this publicly. And I did know it privately as well. So, Wow. A real fan. Blam. <laughs> Blam. I don't like that. I don't want to say that again. Blam? <laughs> What's Blam that is from? Like, Blam like is a... like, Blam. No, what about like, boom. Wow. There it is. <laughs> you Ooh. know? Ooh, enthusiasm. Right, okay. right, yeah. right. Uh, okay. <laughs> um, man, Elof is a great friend of both of ours, and we're so excited yes. to have her here on the show. Tell them more about me. <laughs> Elof graduated from Yale last year. Yes, she did. In May. Um, 2018. As a sociology, sociology major. major. Oh, you know That's so much saying. about her, Jerome. <laughs> no, they can't see your face. That's what <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, You're right. That's mm. what you were going to say. That's what he was going to say. Why are you trying I to did be graduate as a sociology me? major. Um, Elof was in Shades of <laughs> Yale. Elof yes. was in Women Rhythm. Women if you don't rhythm. know what that is, you better go grab yourself a Google. Exactly. Oh, now it's a, do you want to promote? No. <laughs> <laughs> Just look us up. Just look us up. You know my name. Give them a listen. If you go to uh, both of their most recent albums. Uh, I am on both of them. Yeah. I'm, I am on both of them. Singing her face off. That's true. It's good. You so. know what? Dolly Parton, let's let's go. Come for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love Incredible. to get into it with Dolly Parton. Like in a fight. She would sing she would she would beat me in any type of I think Dolly Parton could beat you as well, Jerome. In a fight? Yeah. Oh, fight? I meant like a singing contest. I think she weighs oh. sixty pounds. <laughs> That's mm, I think inappropriate. That's true. She's only she's tiny. She's tiny. She's but... super thin. She's like three feet tall. <laughs> what was that? Elof? Would you? I know you only made a gesture, but that's would you where like I'm to gonna say keep it. Aloud it's gonna be a gesture. 
She's amazing, I, though. Dolly Parton is really amazing. She just wrote the uh, soundtrack of a movie called Dumplin', uh, which, really? and the soundtrack came out today. And there's a song on it called Here I Am, and it's Dolly and Sia. <gasps> and and Jerome really loves good. that it's song. It's literally my Wait, favorite it's song. it's out? I don't think the movie, the movie's no, going to be starring Jennifer out, like Aniston. Oh. oh, really? Yeah. Um. I think we feel differently about that, kind of. Jennifer Aniston? I mean, like. Of Friends fame? Okay, Friends Okay, is... I love Friends. Oh. Thank you. I love Friends, oh, too. No. Thank you. Oh, Literally. No. One Thank of my you. favorite series. But like, We feel still... opposite about everything. I don't know if this is going to work out. <laughs> I feel like I'm a good middleman. Between I've, the two I've, of us? Yeah. Are we really yeah. diametrically opposed? Yes. Didn't no, you listen to at... the episode when we looked up our personality types? Oh, oh I oh, loved right. that episode. I did. <laughs> I love quizzes. Okay, did someone you leave me? us five stars on... <laughs> Do you want me to? You could if you wanted. Oh, I'd and love anyone to. listening could do that too. You are really up there. I know, because Kenyon says I'm you. always too far away. That's what everyone's like. Oh, drama! I was listening to the podcast, but you're too far away from the microphone. You're too quiet. I can't hear what you're saying. It's so, so amazing to be in the studio right now because I have just tried to picture what it's like, like what you two are acting <laughs> like, what your faces are saying when you aren't talking, when you are talking. And it's amazing to watch that. Just now, like as you were, you know, going off, Kenyon <laughs> was giving me everything that I've imagined he would give me. Oh, wow. everybody, you should try to be a guest on here, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it really takes the experience the to the next ticket. level. Um, can someone hit me with a moment for the world? Please? Moment for the world time? Okay. Here's my I wanna start <laughs> with a big one. I'm sorry, you just came in there Wait, guns. Are you blazing. gonna take mine that I told you about? Is it gonna be a joint one? No. Okay. I have one to start with. I know that Kenyon hasn't doesn't know about this. I'm curious to know if you know mm. about this also. And when I say we're going to start with a big one, I do truly mean a big one. Um, you'll have to know about Knickers the cow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about making that my moment. I'm glad I didn't. So Kenyon doesn't know about what Knickers the cow. Okay, thing? so Knickers is a steer uh, <laughs> in Australia. Um Knickers is six foot four <laughs> um, and weighs uh, 1.4 tons. <laughs> Actually, I'm not okay, sure wait, if I wanna he's know, six foot four because like, I heard that he's taller than uh, Michael Jordan. I heard that it's all a myth is Why? what I heard. Wait, wait. I don't wait. think it's a myth. I heard it is because it's like that picture, you know, you have to think about like relative. Okay, but did you see the relativity? video? Relativity. No, but a video is the same as a picture. No, it's not. You can Photoshop a picture. How do you Photoshop a video? Okay. Oh, video no, editing. not that it's Photoshop. That's oh. a real photo. But just like, you do you know what the sizes that. of those other cows oh, are? Oh, you think the other cows are little baby cows? I read an article that said it was. Not baby, but so. they're like but a they're different like type of cow. Oh, they're cow. A, like a tiny type. Tiny cow. <laughs> tiny <laughs> it's cow. something like that. It was, I don't know. But I wanted to be into the hype. Like, I was really excited to see and meet Knickers, but <laughs> it's a terrible name. It's just a bad name. But Well, what's funny is that I was talking... Knickers? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need... I need someone to explain to me why I should care about this. Yeah, that's a good question. All. That's a good question. Knickers is enormous, yeah. <laughs> okay? They have said Great reason. Knickers Number one. is too big to eat. Oh, yeah. That's the big point. He's what? too big to eat. I don't think they can, like, put him in the truck to get to the slaughterhouse. I don't think that the <laughs> like the infrastructure that they have for slaughtering Wait, are cows not usually a ton? Like do they not weigh a ton? No. How much they weigh pounds? Well, the, a ton <laughs> is like 2000 pounds. So like a car a... weighs a ton. I would think that a cow weighed as much as a car, honestly. No, 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 no. No. 
I'm trying to think of a 6'4 cow. Okay, maybe I'm thinking of elephants. Okay, those are no, very that different. that would be very different. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Okay, I, I have to take believe. on a new persona for the rest of this podcast because <laughs> I can't come off as the girl who thought cows were elephants. <laughs> it's not me. I think that means that the cows are evolving so that we can't eat them anymore. It's Maybe one that's what's of, happening. It's one no, of them. Yeah. It's oh. just a, it's an early sign, early stages. <laughs> I don't know. No, because do you know how, um, what is it, Isaac Newton natural selection works? Gravity. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> you said Isaac Newton, and then you said... Oh, no, not Isaac Newton. Natural selection. Um, no, now I look like the one who's foolish. Charles Darwin. Thank you, Charles Darwin. That oh was me, Elof, the not foolish one. <laughs> um, anyway, <laughs> I'm going to stay Newton. over here right with all my I brain said, cells. I said gravity when he said Isaac Newton. No, that's true. E equals MC squared. Right? Anyway, for this trait, right. for cows truly to be evolving to be too big to <laughs> be eaten or killed... Um, that would mean that Nickers would have to pass on his uh, uh, DNA to offspring. Well, not actually, because you can have epigenetic like factors ex- get expressed. So, like your environment, if like because of the environment this is happening, then I'm like, lost. I'm confused. I'm not like, lost, but do you know that that happens like, for sure with cows? I know it happens with like other species besides humans. Like epigenetics, like you have a lot of DNA, but what actually gets expressed. You have to like unlock parts of your DNA for that to like come uh, out. So oh, maybe we're talking like phenotype versus other one. Work, work, genotype. I don't even know. Science. We have isn't, to stop talking. We have to stop because squares. I'm exposing. Lo- yes, the Punnett square. Yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, I just I love knickers. Also, the name is hilarious. It's bad. I was Great moment. To- Wait, what country? Australia. Okay. Um, I was talking to. A friend about knickers, and she was like, "Yeah, we love knickers," <laughs> and I'm like, "That's <gasps> weird." <laughs> they have to change its name. Also, though, it's okay because it will it's stop fine. being a story tomorrow. That's rude. I want. I would die for knickers. <laughs> you know okay. what? You do that if you want. That's crazy. That's wild. I have a moment. Um, this is just a little like an update, really. Um, you know, we <laughs> talked about the new Jacob Collier project that he's working on. Right, 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 right. Um, oh my God! Oh, we have a double thumbs down. I don't down. like him. He's too much. Okay, he just Honestly, released fair. two new songs today, and they're really good. I'm not I think they're really good. Them. One is with Laura Mavula. Do you know her? Mm-hmm. Very I good mean, singer. It's in a. It's an incredible. Song. I like cried the first time I heard it. Okay, I'll maybe give it a chance. It's a really incredible song, and it, and they're also hey. like a little bit different than his normal kind of. Sometimes I think, and rightly so, he gets called like inaccessible or like doing the most and extra and et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. But these last two songs that came out, one is a cover of um, All Night Long. With you, Take Six. You know that Lionel Richie bop that he what? really like. It's really good. And it's Wait, like. Take Six is on the song with yeah. him? Yeah. Oh, shit. That's so cool. And yeah. so it's like. Oh, I'll listen. I mean, it's. You had me at Take Six. <laughs> <laughs> it's his typical like. You know, he blows it up. He does a, a million things with it. But I think that often, yeah, often it's inaccessible to a wider audience. Often it's, like, a little too brainy to, like, really feel enjoyable. Like, I was saying about the first single that he released that, like, I wouldn't be able to appreciate it until I had, like, listened to it enough to, like, feel like I got the groove yeah. of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but this, you absolutely should listen to it. Like, will, off the bat, it is. Like, first listen. Loved it is it. so good. Like, um, it is just as zany and wild as his stuff typically is, but it is really accessible. The and second it, like, one really especially. sounds great. 
for me, it's Ocean fun. Wide, Canyon Deep. That like, oh yeah, it's good. That's the one with Laura That's Mavula. the name of the song. Ocean Wide, Canyon Deep is the name of the song. Oh, I saw that on your notes. I thought it was like an adjective. Gonna <laughs> <laughs> play an adjective game. No, like I. <laughs> okay, Ocean Blue. No, close. Uh, why? Why? Oh, nailed it. Oh. <laughs> anyway, that's an update. Go listen to those two songs. They're good. They're good. I really want you to listen to them, Mila. I promise I will. And then I'll come back on the next episode. Okay, okay. (laughs) Oh, interesting. I will tell you what I think about it. Well, imagine you joined the podcast as a permanent. Yeah, imagine how I said that to you the moment (laughs) you you told me. No, but imagine you joined the podcast as a permanent personality, but it also became just a Jacob Collier (laughs) music review podcast. Oh, then I would be out. (laughs) But I do think you should consider having me permanently. I. We'll see how this one goes. You yeah, know? we'll see what the people okay. say. But I do think I bring totally and definitely like leave your resume with Tommy at the end of it, so we can like contact you. you met oh, Tommy. for sure. Does yeah. Tommy handle guests and yeah. personalities? He kind of does oh, that. I thought he was stuff. more of just a mixer. Totally, he does a lot for us. We really no, he's like a shout out to Tommy, an everyman's man. Ew, I didn't oh. like that at all, and I'm so sorry, Tommy. Let's keep moving. <laughs> sorry, Tommy. All right, Elaf, you prepared a moment for the world. I do have a moment, mm. and I think you guys will be ready to comment on it mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. My moment is the Thank You Next music video. Absolutely. Which <laughs> dropped today. It is so good. Okay, what did you think? Wow. It's great. Okay, first of all, she built up to it for a long time. Yes, she did. <laughs> like, she really built it. Every day I thought it had weeks. been released. Every day I was like, oh, it's out now. I think she was promoting it for like, or like dropping hints and stills and photos um, for like two and a half weeks. I think yes. is not an, exa- an yes. exaggeration. And it's good. It's really it's good. good. It's really good. I thought. I was seeing, someone today was like, I don't get what it has to do with the song. And I was like, Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> They're right, but you're right. Shut up. Well, I think that, wait, it's got like all of her friends in it. And oh, it's like about her real life friends? Yeah. yeah. And it's about her like having are. fun, like just being, having a good time with her friends, which I think is kind yeah. of the, the I mean, it's like a little of off the of the meaning of this song, right? Like she has shaped the right. movies that she's chosen and whatever she's doing into the song, but it's not necessarily like. About the song. Yeah. But I don't think that it... Needs to be. Needs to be. I yeah, also I don't agree. think that that would have been a good... Like, the people who are like, oh, it's not, like, about the song. I'm like, do you yeah. want, like... That would have been hard Pete to Davidson do. to be in the video? Exactly. Like, do you want... The lyrics are so liter- yeah. literal that it would be like her walking down the aisle, you know? Yeah, like, would you have Which wanted... she's already done on Ellen. Right. Wow. So then, okay, so... And then she cried and fell. Either <laughs> both of the backup <laughs> dancers on in the Ellen performance, or maybe just one of them... Mm-hmm. I think both of them co-wrote the song with her. Mm. And they're also in the video. And they're her two, like, really good friends. So it really is about her, like, enjoying herself with her friends. Okay. Have you both seen the Ellen video? I've seen bits of it. I see when she, I've seen when she falls, and I've seen when she, like, laughs, and yeah. it's great. Well, okay, those two women that are dancing with her, singing with her, are mm-hmm. holding microphones the whole time. And I was waiting for them to sing. I was waiting. Oh, no. Because they didn't sing. Not oh, once. Oh, no. Well, and they were holding microphones. Okay? <laughs> oh, no. I get it if, you, if you're a backup dancer. I get it if you're her friend who, like, wants to be on stage. But they were holding microphones. Well, they're, they're credited with background vocals on the song. Well, then they needed to do them on Ellen, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Wait. Why, why would they even give them real microphones? Maybe they weren't real microphones. And they were holding them up. 
you know, they were holding them. <laughs> yeah. Like, just yeah, yeah, in a yeah. second. Like, one second, it's coming. And I love background singers, so I'm always waiting. Where are my background singers at? Oh, my God. You I was watching one? old videos. Yes. <laughs> videos from when Jesse J came to Spring Fling. <gasps> I can't even believe. That she did Who's that. Spring Fling this year. We should have, like, I a don't podcast. Know. I won't be there, but that's If so, it's so good, undergrad. you'll definitely go. Okay. Maybe. Spring Fling is really a lot. But You're right. I was watching old videos, and that night, I was only focused. I was not only focused, but I was very heavily focused on her background singers. So my <laughs> videos are like Jessie J for a second, and then I flipped to the background <laughs> singers, and then back and back again. They were amazing. Oh, my God. That's good. So were JoJo's, I remember. So were Janelle's. I love women. Mm, me too. Um, <laughs> I went, there was something, else. oh, yeah, so the, the Thank You video. Next video, it's like all of her friends playing all wow. the parts in the video, um, including <laughs> almost all of the cast of Victorious. Except. Liter- <laughs> I heard that it's literally everyone, it's all the women in the main cast except for Victoria Justice. Okay, I heard that too in the two weeks of build-up before the video, <laughs> but in the video, them like I couldn't point them out. Okay, Elizabeth Gillies, who was... Um, the redhead? Jade. Oh, no, dark Ariana hair. was... I know, I know, I know, I know. The, like, Jade, mean character. The mean character. She was in the Mean Girls section, um, and then Victoria Justice's sister, Trina, on the show mm-hmm, is in mm-hmm. the Bring It On section. She's one of the cheerleaders. Okay. And the, I think there are only four main cast women. Yeah. And then that guy is in it. He's in that one part. Which guy? The nerdy guy. Oh, that was the one part of the video that I was like, where is I didn't this know coming what scene from? That was from? When like, they're brushing their teeth? Why is I that happening? I was wondering what that was coming I thought from, that too. It was, I thought that it was from Clueless. I also thought that Clueless should have been featured. I love Clueless. Great movie. It, Clueless, like... Alicia Silverstone. Oh, yeah. okay. Thank you for doing that. Um, oh, I got. I hope that's her name. But how cute would <laughs> I think that is her name. Um, how cute would she have looked in that little yellow plaid moment? She would have looked really good. She would have looked really good. She already had a plaid moment, though. You're right. She looked amazing as Elle Woods. Oh, wow. Legally. As Elle Woods. Yeah, that was the thing. Reese Witherspoon just posted this Insta where it's like a collage of Reese as Elle and then Ariana as Elle. Oh and then God. the caption is, thank you, next. It's really cute. I love Wow. That. What I love that it's like really, it really is pulling in like women from all spheres. Generations. Like Gabrielle like Union tweeted about it. Yeah, because the Clovers. Yes. I love Bring It On. <laughs> I do. I love the first one and I like the rest of them. Okay. Oh, wow. Rave reviews. Have you seen the, the Broadway musical, Bring It On? No, I've never seen a Broadway musical. <gasps> I know. Wait, I can we go? Absolutely. With. We're not going yeah. to Book of Mormon though, I'll tell you that. Oh. Yeah. Look, you already know about that experience. <laughs> I want to see Waitress before um, Nicolette. Nicolette is playing Jenna right now. Nicolette. Oh, she's like a one-name person? I don't know. She's black. Oh, I love black Oh, that's right. I heard about this. This made news. She's awesome. She is married to Leslie Odom Jr. She is an amazing singer. Sarah Bareilles. I was married to Leslie Odom Jr. (laughs) I thought I was. (laughs) God. It's their six-year anniversary tomorrow. Why? Because you're married to him? Thank you. You said it. (laughs) It's her six-year anniversary tomorrow. Why do you know that? Um, She just posted an Instagram. Okay. I love social media. Wow. <laughs> Devout followers over just here. Just so you all know. Cool. Anyway, Thank You Next was a, I would say it was absolutely a victory. I mm-hmm. really want the rest of the album to come out. She well, said she it's keeps come talking about wanting to drop a song, like, all the time. Yeah. I think Every if the moment. promotion for Thank You Next was any indication, we have to wait at least another six months. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> 
Anyway. But no, it has to. She said that, it, well, you know, she doesn't have to do anything. But she said that it's, she's going to sing the music on it on her tour, which starts in March. Oh. So, so it's got to be out. be before that. Wait, who's she opening her, before. who's opening? I don't know. It's someone that I'm excited about. I'm I pretty sure March is six it. months away, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> Tomorrow's the first of December. December. <laughs> oh, that's tomorrow, honey. I'm it's somebody it black. Someone black? I'm almost sure. Opening? For Ariana. Uh, the last I checked, they hadn't announced who was opening. They have. They have. Oh, my God. It's Normani. I told you. Black. <laughs> <laughs> Normani is black. I love Normani. Normani is Because you know I loved Fifth Harmony. You really, you loved, I loved while you Normani. better tense. Oh, yeah. Actually, here's my embarrassing thing, is that when they were on X Factor, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> My favorite was the one that left, Camila. Oh, not my favorite. I she, was she was my the worst. favorite. Oh my god, she sang on. They have this one. On. One. Um, it was like early on in the series. They sing "Impossible" by Chantel. You guys know it. Mm-mm. Give us a taste. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me sing. You guys all should look it up, anyways, and give you know Chantel her streams. I don't know what she's doing now, but give her her streams. Um, <laughs> Give the girl her streams. That's a great and phrase. Camila kills it on that song. Camila, Camila, I don't know. Um, but Normani is better. Thank you. You're welcome. I actually, I used to really know a lot. My very good friend Herschel knows a lot about Fifth Harmony. Um, Who's Herschel? My friend from home. Oh, damn, I thought you meant Herschel Holiday. The best I, person I ever. did not. Um, hey, Herschel. If you're listening, Herschel, both Herschels. Love you both. Um, anyway, there, so there's Normani, there's Camila, there's Dinah, who is very good. She She's can got sing. A high voice. She can she sing. She can blow her she horn. She cannot dance, but she can <laughs> sing really well. Um, there's Lauren. Mm-hmm. Uh, she dates. Um, and Allie. Ty Dolla Sign. Lauren does? Oh my God. I just don't want to be wrong about these things. <laughs> like, I get one take. Look it up. Anyway, I th- I think that they're all like very good singers. I kind of. Camila was is my least favorite. Well, of she the is bunch. my least favorite now too, personality wise. Ooh, ouch! I don't know. She just like up and left. Wasn't there drama? They were never I my favorite band though. Never, never super into Fifth Harmony. That's why I've been I quiet over here because I girl. really didn't pay much yeah. attention to the Five Harmonies. Me neither. What it was kind of too late in my life. What'd you say? What boy bands were you into? Oh, all of them. All of them. Were you a Jonas One Direction Br- stan? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I have One Direction posters on my bedroom wall at home. Take them off and day. give them to me then. No. I'm just kidding. I'm kind of over them. But I went through all of those phases and like I was one of those people who was very intensely into them. Like wow. I can remember crying myself to sleep <laughs> thinking about not getting to meet some of those people. Oh my any gosh. I did see the Jonas Brothers last concert ever before they split up. It was wow. like accidental. Wait, that's so wild. I know. It wasn't like they had announced this. It was their last concert. I was at just this thing they mm-hmm. were performing at. You know, I just happened to be out in the town and I was at the thing. And <laughs> I was in high brothers. school. High school. And then the next day they were like, we're, we're broken up. And we were like, that's fine because we saw you yesterday. And now Nick Jonas is marrying Priyanka Chopra this weekend. This weekend? This weekend. Oh my gosh, it's happening. I know too much. Oh God, I know too much. I knew they were getting married. I know, but this weekend. <laughs> Did you know where about it, it happening? this weekend? I don't know where it's happening, but E! News has all the details. Maybe it is. Okay, I should check E! News. I saw it on Instagram. <laughs> oh my God, Priyanka Chopra and I have the same birthday. Mm. That is hot. Okay. 
We can't have another instance of the moment for the world. <laughs> last, I think we're the whole episode. past our moments already. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This can all get cut out. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear that, Tommy? Tommy's, Tommy? Take Tommy's it all. nodding his head yes. Tommy says, yes, you Does Tommy right. stay for the whole time? Yeah. Damn. He actually stays late. He stays after. You're a real one, clean up Tommy. Everything. You are a real one. Let's get into the meat. The meat and the bones. I just want the meat. Actually, you can keep the bones. I want that conversation to be over. <laughs> I will take to us to what we're talking about today. You guys have to tell me. <laughs> what the heck? Um, well, okay. So first of all, because this is an audio podcast, mm-hmm. uh, people might we not. We are know. all black. <laughs> if you were yes. wondering. Thank you. Blackity black black black. Blackity black. Blackity don't black, talk black. back. They better know by you now because we're out of here saying n words. So they better know. I know. I love that. You know what? <laughs> when Sol- when Solange everyone. came, when you remember when Solange, Solange came, came to Yale? Yale? Yes. When Solange came to Yale, she said the N word. She said it loud and proud. And that's mm-hmm. like one of the main things I walked away with that night. I was just like, she just said that sitting in Yale Law School and didn't give a fuck. And I was like, that's why, that's not why I came, but thank you. I re- that I was remember, big. I were you there? Down. That was really big. Yeah. That was Good. huge. I, I mean, know, like, but we were blessed to get tickets. Like, it wasn't even that huge of a space. I, know, I don't even know how so I got small. tickets. Because I, because we got tickets to the wrong thing. Because we got tickets to the to thing like the Bowie night before thing? the David Bowie thing mm-hmm. with Questlove, which was mm-hmm. cool. That's that was cool. so That's cool. cool. You went? Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, I didn't go to that. But then we somehow got tickets to the Solange one. Anyway, we're here to talk about being black. <laughs> <laughs> Solange is black? Exactly. I think that exactly. it's a That's good a segue to talk about Solange in Yale Law School. Mm, yeah. It's like a... An unapologetically black figure mm. in a predominantly white space, and I would say that's true of all of us. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to think that. Yeah, well, it I is true like that we are black that. in white spaces. Yeah, truly. Elaf, can you tell us about where you're from? I kind of want to get into yeah. thinking about how you thought about blackness before coming to Yale. Oh, well, and that's a story. How Yale changed, or how your idea of your own blackness evolved while you were in college at Yale? Yeah, that's a great question. I have I have an answer, I think. I am from Sudan. It is in Northeast Africa. I was born there. All my family still resides there, or most of them. And I came to the States when I was three. Um, and I grew up in Minnesota, Rochester, Minnesota, which is a, you know... <laughs> a mix of people, for okay. sure. Mix but, it and mix it and mix you it. You know, it's a light mix, right? A light mix. <laughs> <laughs> At least when I was growing up. And so my friend group was not black, actually just predominantly white. Um, and both of my parents didn't identify as black coming to the States because in Sudan, that's not really, you know, in that's a lot of like places, race group. is just very different from here, obviously. Yeah, totally. Um, and so they didn't identify as black. And when I was growing up, that's kind of just what I went with. I was like, okay, I'm Sudanese. I'm African. I'm not black. Mm. Which is wild to think about. Were you actively like, I'm not black? Kind of, yeah. Wow. Okay. Which hurts me to think about. Um, but kind of, yeah. There weren't enough moments, I think, for me to, to like be like, I'm actively not black. Mm. But... You know, I've heard stories like this from a lot of people of thinking about, like, what to fill in when you were um, doing, like, a standardized test and you had uh-huh. to fill out race. Like, that used to trouble me. And it's very – I'm black, you know? <laughs> You're looking at me. I'm, I'm black. But growing up, I mean, I think, like, 
in high school, I probably got it. But growing up, it was like, oh, God, what do I do? Sometimes I wanted to choose, like, um, there, <laughs> oh, my God. Under Caucasian, it would, <laughs> it would say North African. And I knew I wasn't Caucasian, but I was like, I'm kind of from North Africa. Oh, my God, delete the section. <laughs> um, yeah, so that that's... a dilemma. It's a dilemma. Yeah. Well, those... That shit is stupid and irresponsible the way they set it up. But yeah, um, I was talking to um, I had a, a teacher in middle school mm-hmm. um, whose family is from like her her dad's family is from Jordan and her mom's family is from Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Um, and growing up, like in her language, like as in in the language of her household and like in the rhetoric that they used, like she was biracial based on the. Mm. ethnic mm-hmm. groups that her family had come from to like meet at her in the middle um but that that did not that was not even legible in America like growing up in America the way that she had learned about her own race was not even like within the realm of possibility yeah so that sounds like what hmm. you're talking about yeah yeah was there a moment when when that changed for you? Was there like a, an instance or a time or did it evolve really slowly mm. across like high school, college? I th- I think it evolved slowly, but also it also was kind of a moment at the end of high school. I, I often think or trace it back to when I was applying to college mm. um, because when I was applying to college, I was thinking to myself, you need to find black people. Mm. Um, and I ended up at Yale, which is funny. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I do remember y'all like coming to visit Yale for Bulldog Days. Um, you know, the little admitted students weekend. Mm-hmm. And I spent a lot of my time at the AFAM house um during that weekend. My host was a black woman. Shout out to you, Chelsea Clark. Um I know. Oh my god. <laughs> lovely person. I know. Um and I spent a lot of time at the house and I I understood that it was a small black community, but I was like, I want to go to this school, and I like what I see of the black community. I it was a weekend, but I <laughs> like what I see. Um, and so act I was very actively thinking about it. I think by my sen- senior year, I was just kind of like tired of what I'd been frustrated or what I'd been surrounded by. Was that like not seeing yourself in the people around you? Yeah, or was it-, it was that. It also actually had a lot to do with going back to Sudan. Um, mm. And I think, like, I had spent a, a long time in the States before going back to Sudan in high school for a couple summers. Um, and so I think being disconnected not only from my blackness, but from being African or from being from Sudan, just uh, it just completely confused me. And so going back, I was like, okay, here's my culture. I got my culture. I got my language. I got my family. Like, yeah. let's figure mm-hmm. out this next thing. Man. Oh, that's so good that I went to Sudan those summers. Those were really lovely summers. And so in, like, writing my college applications and in all my, you know, classes, those were things that I was thinking very heavily about. And it was very exciting to write about those things and to think about those things, about race and culture and all of that. Yeah. Um, So that's why I was thinking about it coming to college. But I think, like, definitely all major shifts um, and growths happened in college because – the AFM house, the house just did become my space. And Shades of Yale, an acapella group that sings music of the African diaspora and the African American tradition Work. founded in 1988. Yes. Um, we are celebrating our 30th this year. <laughs> All of it is. <laughs> Those spaces um, were just central to me. Um, mm-hmm. The Yale Black Women's Coalition, all of that. Um, yeah, I credit those spaces and I credit I credit my friends. Um 
my black friends come for on, black friends. <laughs> come on black friends for all of that um yeah because i just i really didn't love i i was smart enough to know i was black you know but i didn't love it and i really really love it now i just love it yeah that like fully warms my heart and now i'm crying but i i don't actually remember that maybe the first time we met but it was during cc it was during cc there's like this pre-orientation program um for like oh how would you even describe this well you could say what cc stands for it's called cultural connections Mm. i think that says enough well it's funny that (laughs) you both did cc and that so many did you i did not because i didn't think that a lot of I thought it was going to be mostly white people. Mm, I yeah. didn't do CC because I was like, I don't want to go and be around a ton of white people who are trying to, you know, pretend or I, I didn't want to be around a, a lot of white people who are coming right out of high school and yeah. who are like, I'm going to be hip with the people of color. I'm going like, to culturally connect. Right. Yeah, that would that be terrible. Didn't That wasn't what I was interested in. And I just didn't know anyone who was doing it. See, I didn't know anything about I didn't know enough about it to be like that actually is not what it is at all. You didn't do a peer orientation program at all? At all. No. That's wow. good. Whenever like another black person who is thinking about like coming to Yale has gotten in, I always tell them to like do a pre orientation program yeah. and do CC because that like set my foundation at this place. I Same. think like if yeah. I had walked in here without knowing other students of color, without knowing like just the spaces and kind of having to like figure that out in a, in the comfort of a space of predominantly people of color, I think that would have been a, a much ruder shock to my system. I think coming here, absolutely, yeah. I think so too. I think yeah, especially because I'd come from where I'd come from. And again, this was Chelsea Clark that told me to do CC, and then she was a counselor. So That's Chelsea great. Clark, I hope you listen to this podcast. <laughs> Otherwise, I will tell you to. Kenyon, I want to ask you about. Something that I actually have wanted us to talk about on the podcast for a while is, like, where you're from. I, like, okay, same question (laughs) that Elof just went through for you. Being from the Bay Area, I was at Stanford over the summer. One of my big shocks of being there was just that there were, like, no black people. Wait, Jerome, tell them where you're from. I'm from Washington, Mm D.C. Chocolate City. Like, Mm -hmm. the city. Mm -hmm. Um, It really is being gentrified in a huge way. Mm-hmm. But I'm from Washington, D.C. My mom is from D.C. originally. Oh, my um, girl. I love your mom so much. <laughs> <laughs> I love her. <laughs> um, and so I always have felt, I've just always been around a lot of black people, not just like in my family and friends and whatever, but in, honestly, not that much in my friends because I went to a predominantly white high school that I had been going to since I was in the third grade. Um, but... I was used to seeing a lot of black people around. And when you say, like, sorry to interrupt you, but like when you say, like, predominantly white high school, like, how many other black students do you think were in your grade? Um, There were 126 people in my grade, I think. Uh, Other black students, maybe, maybe 20. Maybe there were 20 black students. And there were a number of Asian students. Um, There were not a ton of Latinx students. That was, there were fewer Latinx students than there were black students, there were probably fewer Asian students than there were black students as well. Um, It was predominantly white. It was way predominantly white. Um, There was also an element of like a majority of the students of color came in in high school. Um, Hmm. And so there, particularly for black and Latinx students, it was like, okay, you're coming in to play a sport or you're coming in so that 
we look better as a school that we have these students of color. I was one of like very few black students who had been at the school since like elementary school. So school was definitely a different story, but being at being in the Bay Area over the summer, I just was like really taken aback by how few black people I would see just walking around, walking around on campus at Stanford or out and about in Palo Alto or in San Francisco. Um, and I remember thinking like, wow, wouldn't it be wild to like have grown up here? Like, I don't think I would have been able to do that. But that is where you are from. <laughs> I remember when you texted me that and I like laughed because that's that is that was my life. Yeah. Um, and I didn't really think too much about it until I got to high school, I don't think. Because like while there are very, very few like black people in all of the Bay Area, actually, because now Oakland has been unbelievably gentrified yeah. mm-hmm. um, to the point where it's like unrecognizable to what it was 20, let alone 40 years ago. Um, but I mean, there, there are very few black people, but there are also there are tons of people from around the world that mm. just mostly aren't black people. Um, but like there's a lot of like uh, representation from uh, countries in Asia, like Southeast Asia and China, Korea, like so, so there's so much diversity in that sense. And also, also like, like Latinx um, populations um, mm-hmm. coming up from the South. And so there was a real sense of growing up being surrounded by a lot of different cultures, except for like people that specifically looked like me. Yeah. And that didn't really dawn on me until I went to high school. And I asked you this about like how many other um, black people were at your school, because I went to a high school, it was an all boys, quote unquote, <laughs> high school. Um, and there were 400 people per grade, so 16, oh my God. 1,600 students. Um, and I think like- boys. Yeah. I know, thank you. There I think like maybe we're like 50 upper bound total. Black students? Of 1,600. Of 1,600. Wow. Oh I really God. could be wrong about that, but maybe that's just reflective of my experience too because of because of it being such a like masculinized space, mm-hmm. I also felt really distanced from all the black people that I did see because mm-hmm. they just were like li- living out their lives in such like radically different ways than I understood to be like my own experience of how I represented my identities. Mm-hmm. Um and so I I like had no black friends in high school. Wow. Like, none. Yeah. And then I also was in, I was in, like, a lot of performing arts, as I still am. Um, but, be, you know, when you go to an all-boys high school, like, that's not the thing. The football team is the thing. The water polo team is the thing. And, uh, like... Water polo? You know, California, we got that sunshine. <laughs> we did not have sunshine. a water polo team. <laughs> that Nor outdoor we, swimming pool. I am from Minnesota, so that would be weird. <laughs> you guys have a hockey team? Oh, yeah, and I love hockey, okay? <laughs> I love hockey. I, I don't love Yale hockey. Ooh. I had a bad experience. Oh, oh no. Oh, <laughs> But I used to really frequent high school hockey games. Big sp- school spirit gal. Wow. This is... We're venturing. <laughs> well, Kenyon, how did... Is that something that you were actively thinking about in high school? Because you said, okay, you came to Yale, you had to do CC. If you hadn't done CC, then that would have just been a big mistake for you. Were you thinking about that when thinking about doing CC? Were you like, I don't have a lot of black friends and I would like to have more black friends? It was something that I really assumed from my parents because I 
that feeling of like looking for black people was something I got from them because they, mm-hmm. like my mom was raised in like most of the East Coast, um, like up and down all sorts of places. She moved like 14 places in her growing up. My dad grew up um, and was, and my mom was around black people a lot. Um, my dad grew up in Iowa. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah. But their what experience part? at Waterloo, Iowa. Okay, I know Waterloo. That is crazy. What? <laughs> Your dad grew up in Waterloo, Iowa. <laughs> How do you know Waterloo, I mean, Iowa? we share a border with Minnesota or with Iowa. I've wow. driven down. Wow. That's wild. That is wild. Oh, I got to meet him. Um, yeah, you do. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But they like, when they got to college, they had, they it was like they found a lot of black people that they really loved. Um, and so they, like, in my high school years, would, like, drop these hints of, like, like, they're, we, like, kind of feel, like, you know, sad for you because, like, you're growing up and, like, there are no black people around and, like, just, like, went to college. And I was, like, I'm fine. Like, there are people from all over the world in the Bay Area because there really are people from all over the world except for black people. Except for black people. <laughs> um, and I was, like, I'm fine until, like, late in college. And I was, like, maybe, maybe they're right. Like, maybe I'm looking for something. I don't know. Let's go check this thing out. Mm. Late in high school, you mean? Yeah, late in high school. Let's go check this out when I get to college type of thing. Like, let's see what that's like. Um, Because my, my, like, qualm with it always was, like, well, like, there are black people at my school, but the few of them that there are, like, we don't get along. Like, we do different things. I think I know the answer to this question. Do you think that it had to do with being queer? For sure. Your 1600 male, air quotes again, Uh, (laughs) high school? It for sure had to do with that. Um, and, like, there's a whole separate discussion of, like, coming to terms with, with my queerness, my blackness, and, like, bringing them together mm-hmm. inside of me. Um, but there was, even before I had, like, come out to myself or anyone else, I just felt like people are saying that I should hang out with these people because they look like me, but, like, we that's all that we have in common, and, like, that doesn't they're actually not nice to me. And like, mm-hmm. why would I do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But okay. I feel like I should. I'm curious about the role that both of your parents are playing in these stories, because like I said, my parents didn't, don't identify as black. So none sure. of this was in their heads. It was solely in mine or as far as I know. Yeah. But your parents are clearly thinking about it. And so and when you were talking to Jerome, I was curious, like I've met your mom. I know <laughs> how she thinks about race and, or like I don't know fully how she thinks about race. I have I, she she is thinking about it is yeah. what I'm trying to say. So I'm curious like when she put you in as a third grader at your school, mm-hmm. she must have been thinking about what she was doing, right? Yeah, both of my both of my parents went to University of Virginia, mm-hmm. which was predominantly white. A time she's told stories. To <laughs> she has <laughs> many like one of the stories being. Um, my mom was a math major in college. She I really wanted me to be story. a math major. Um, she had to go get, you know, the head of the undergrad. She had to get some professor to sign her paper that said, you can be a math major. Um, and this white male professor said to her, like, she fully was like, hi, please sign my thing so that I can continue to take these courses. And he was like, no. I don't think that this department is for women minorities. I don't think that you'll do well. And so I'm not going to sign your paper. Um, And she, like, had to go to whoever the next level up from him was uh, to, like, override that he wouldn't give her that signature. Um, But both of my 
parents were have you know mostly black friends like they have talked to me a lot about being black being black at uva around all those white people um around a lot of racist white people uh and what that meant for them culturally and the music they were listening to and the things that they would do and how they would interact with um with people who did not think that they deserved to be there um and then uva in specific founded by thomas jefferson who of course you know all men are created equal but also owned slaves but also was having children with sally hemmings who was a slave that he owned um Actually, at UVA, UVA is on the site of where of Thomas Jefferson's plantation, um, and I forget what the region where like this set of dorms is called. Oh but no! The you can only live there if you have like the highest GPA. It's like the smartest students at the school get to live in this specific set of dorms. To this day, I don't know if it's to this day, but it certainly this certainly was true when. My parents were there. I don't like that. I think it was on. The, it was called living on the lawn. The lawn is what it was called. You know what? That's as a metaphor. You can, but as you could, it is. It's not even, even more a than a metaphor. Yeah, it's literal. <laughs> Those dorms are where the slaves used to live on that plantation. Oh, that's like where they lived. Like that's where students, not just any students, that's where the best students in the school lived. So it, it was all very complicated. Um, That's not how I thought that was going to work out. Yeah, it's like really upside down in a number of ways. Yeah. Um, Even before that, my dad is from Virginia Beach, went to public high school, um, which was integrated at the time. But he has told me stories about how his older sisters like integrated the high school um, because that was the time that they were going to high school. And they were like, we don't want to go to school with those white people. They hate us. and so my dad kind of went to, but it was it was, there were a lot of black people that he went to school with, but it was an integrated school. Um, whereas my mom went to predominantly white private schools from like sixth grade until she graduated from high school. So going back that step farther, I think that's why my mom was like, okay, we're going to put you in this white school, and that's going to be okay. And um, your sister wasn't in that private school at the time, right? Your older sister. Right. So when I went in third grade, it was just me just at you. Sidwell. Is the name of the school. It was just me at Sidwell. <laughs> and um, my sister was still going to Lafayette Elementary, which was the public school that we went to, mm-hmm. um, which also wasn't even the public school in our neighborhood. It was a better public school that was a little further away, but mm-hmm. also it was wider than our neighborhood public school was. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and then my sister came the year after. Mm-hmm. For you, were you hearing all these stories while you were growing up? Or, like, you know, while you were forming? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and e- another one that I was going to say, my, as I said, my mom grew up in Washington, D.C. Um, my mom was born in 63. Sorry to put you on the spot, Mom. Um, and she has my told... My mom was, too. Wow. Sorry twins. to put you on the spot, Mom. <laughs> um, I love my mother, so... Continue, Jerome. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're so rude. My mom has told me stories of when she was when she was five. Martin Luther King was assassinated, Um, Mm. and she's talked about the riots that happened in D.C. Um, She talks about how like they burned the Safeway down down the street from her house, and she was like, 
why would you burn the Safeway down? Now none of us can get any food to eat. Um, and then she also, her parents drew on their cars with black shoe polish, soul brother and soul sister, so that no one would, like, bust the windows out of the car, to borrow a <laughs> well-used phrase. Um, <laughs> but she has talked a lot about um, just, like, going to school and being around all these white people, but also being supported by a black community. Mm-hmm. Um, one more story that I will tell, because this is my favorite story of all time. Uh, when my mom was a senior in high school, predominantly white, all-girls Catholic school um, okay. to match your all-boys school. Yep. Um, and they they had a little senior center, and they would go in, my mom and her friends, and she was friends with the black people in the school. Um my mom would and her friends would go in and they would put on they would put on the radio to whatever station they wanted to listen to, which was black music. Um, and there was a little white girl named Mimi Mittendorf was her name. Um, and my mom says that she had hair down to her butt, <laughs> um, which they all said was gross because they didn't. They were like, your hair is in your ass. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Poor Mimi. <laughs> No. Or maybe not. No, no, no. Because they'd be playing their music and Mimi would come in and say, I hate this nigger music. And she would change the radio station. She'd do this every day. Well, Mimi had hair down to her ass, so. <laughs> well, one day. What the heck? Um, Wait, pause. Just like. She said that? Yes. She said How that How old every were day. they? They were seniors in high school. Oh, okay. I'm just going to, like, black music at, like. Is, is incredible. <laughs> and she the was, actual world. She was a hundred percent listening to black music. You don't get by in the world of without course. listening you to can. black. Of course, you, you literally can't. So she says, "I hate this." She just wanted either. to say nigger. Absolutely That's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that is wrong. So she goes over and changes the radio station every day. Um, my mom and her friends are like, "Yeah, whatever, whatever." One day, my mom's friend had just had enough. And so <laughs> Mimi Mittendorf comes and says, I hate this nigger music. Goes over and changes the radio station and then sits down. And my mom's friend gets up and ju- like jumps across the room <laughs> at her sitting on this chair, knocks the chair over, just like beating her ass. <laughs> I love Your it. laugh. I'm I love it. Incredible. Um, That's not a bad story. <laughs> it's possibly my favorite story. Um, I need to hear more stories. You should have your mom as a guest on this oh podcast. Oh, my God. It must the three of us it. plus her, it would be crazy. Oh, wow. Well, you're trying to get Tommy to really blow all the mics. <laughs> Tommy has said nothing about this being a difficult addition. Right, Tommy? He just nodded his head. He's nodding, yes. He is nodding his head, yes. It wouldn't be that hard. That's because Tommy's we really just, kind. <laughs> <laughs> we would just get a hat, E, add it to the logo. <laughs> That's it. It's not like your title would have to change. I'm just saying I'm here for the year. And I could be here for longer if you needed me. (laughs) (laughs) If this were a standing position. Exactly. It's funny. So the dean of my residential college, who I think you've both met, um, texted me this link the other day that was like, like Google was looking for podcast people, like people to run podcasts. People mm-hmm. of color, you know, there's all types of questions here. But <laughs> yes, but she sent it to me and I was like, that's crazy. I'm going to be a guest on this podcast this week. <laughs> Maybe it will be my break. And so I just want you to consider that. I want you to consider the signs. Well, if you make it big, don't forget about us. I will. 
because you didn't want me. <laughs> Anyways, you should have your mom as a guest. Ah. Both of your moms. Both of their moms I think that's are what we really need. excellent. I'm putting that out in the air right now. We've got to do a joint, all four of us in the same room. Both Who of us you? and Who both of our four? mothers. Oh. I'm so sorry. No, 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 no. I'm so sorry. No, no, no. I'll let that. I'll let that happen. It's fine. <laughs> no big deal. Sit in the booth with Tommy. It'll be a great time. Tommy. For that episode, that'll be okay. Yeah, that'll be fine. Um, I am interested in how these stories affected your like perception of things growing up. Um, if at all. I mean, both of my parents, my mom really more than my dad, just because my dad is kind of chill, um, are quick to be like, that was racist, and that was fucked up, and I don't want to hear that, and that needs to stop, and don't let that happen to you. Um, there, I can think of many times that I would come home and be like, oh, yeah, mom, like, something happened at school today, but haha, it's okay, like... I handled it, it's over, and my mom would be like, no, that's racist. Like, you can't let people talk to you that way. You can't, like, let that happen to you in that way. Um, and so I think that is how I find myself <laughs> here today. Like, whenever something happens or someone says something or I'm like, ugh, that just, would, like, leaves a bad taste in my mouth. And by mm-hmm. bad taste, I mean a racist taste <laughs> in my mouth. Ew. Um, Imagine that was a flavor. I'd spit that out. Nasty. <laughs> um I think I think like what would my mom do, um, and then I also think about I think about that too. What would your mom do? What would my mom do? <laughs> yes, because she's an icon. Yeah, and she is quick. She is quick to be she like is that is wrong, and I'm gonna say it. Yeah. and I'm not gonna be afraid to say it. And I don't always do that. I wish I did more. Elaf and my good. mom and I were at a <laughs> this story a restaurant at the beginning of this year, and the restaurant was like. Packed full, like Mecha every noodle bar. Mecha noodle bar in <laughs> naming names. I'm naming names because they were good. Because they were a positive they story. Handled it well. Yeah. Um. Every every seat in the restaurant is full, and we literally had just been talking about how often white people will come in and like really take up space in a way that is like there are other people here. It is the not just the whole conversation was about race. Yes. That's exactly what we were the talking whole about. Thing. Yes. Um. And this man comes. Uh, there are fifty people. Not 50 people. But there are a ton of people, like, waiting in line. The restaurant is fully busy. We're sitting there eating our food. Um, Wait, I want I want people to, like, be able to visualize this man, so I'm going to tell them okay. who I told you he reminded me of. He's, like, a 60-year-old Adam Sandler. Okay? <laughs> so <laughs> just go with that. His voice, his face. He was yeah. bald, you know. It's pretty accurate. But thank you. Continue. He He's, like... I don't know. I wasn't really looking at him before he came up to us. But he comes up to us and he's like, are you guys almost done eating? Like, are you guys done with your meal? And we're like, no, like, we're eating. (laughs) Our food is in front of us. Like, no, we're not done eating. And he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm here with my family. My daughter is pregnant. We're, She's really hungry. Um... Just if if you, I was going to ask if you guys were done eating, if you could get up so that we could have your table. And we're like, no, we're not done eating. And he's like, oh, okay. And he he does not ask anyone else at any other table. He just goes back and like goes back to his family and waits in line. And I mean, you say that my mom was quick. Like my mom, it would have taken me a moment for that to set in. Like, well, she didn't say anything at first because she was so angry because one of us just like shooed him away. But when he came back to try to apologize. Oh, yes. And he was like, I made a mistake. She was like, it is not okay. 
Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I admired because I was like, we could we could just shoo this off and be like, you're you're fine. But she was like, to me, it's not okay. Like, you can't do that again. I was like, you know what? Yeah. You the idea the that truth. you know this white man comes in, sees a table with three black people sitting at it. Two of them are women. Um, yeah. And thinks, oh well, I want a table. I'll take that one. She, yeah, she immediately was like, that's not, you didn't do that to anyone else. You did that to us because we are black. You didn't say that to anyone else. That's not okay. And I remember at the time, I, he came back and was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I kind of instinct, instinctively was like, oh, that's fine. Like, just trying to get him to leave. But she was like, no, that's not okay. It is not over. Yeah. I, but they were all great. The Oh, yeah. The, the staff, staff was like, oh, my God, we're, did he just come and say something to I remember when he was first talking to us, I, like, peeked over his shoulder, and the hostess was like, what? What's happening? Yes. <laughs> is he talking? Why yes. is he over there? Um, and They then, all came by one by one and were like, y'all should stay here all night. And one guy yes. was like, what else do you guys want tonight? Like, what can we get you? And Jerome's mom is like, no, you want to know what just happened? And he was like. No, I know. That's why I'm saying. <laughs> what else do you want? <laughs> it was amazing. It was great. They he were really black. great about it. He was black. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that it. That's how that. That's how I feel about it now. I think about like, my grandmother is from South Carolina. My grandfather is from Chicago by way of Alabama, um, or Alabama by way of Chicago. Whatever. Anyway, both of my grandparents were in. Um, SNCC, which was a student nonviolent coordinating committee. Um, That's cool. Which is incredible. Really cool. Um, and I just, yeah, I just think a lot about members of my family in the past, like, being like, "That's fucked up." Whatever you just said, and so nip that in the bud. Mm. Lord knows, I get plenty of opportunity to shut people down here at Yale, mm. so say I it. do try to take the opportunity when it arises. Yeah, you know, I love all the stories that you bring back to me. So keep keep shutting people down. <laughs> and your parents, Kenyon, they didn't ever think about moving from the Bay Area because it was clear they recognized the, you know, the people you were going to school with, the demographics. I mean, there's that was just like one aspect of my life, kind of. I think like I'm, I had an amazing childhood. And I think that was something, though, that that only later in, in like in retrospect was I able to see how things that my parents had said kind of communicated that like oh mm-hmm. like this is kind of the one thing that like still isn't isn't right hmm. feeling about my mom always would be like it's so weird like you're a california boy like what is yeah. that like what like she is was like born like not anywhere near california spent most of her life on the east coast and around black people i think it was it was very strange to like have a child who's having such a varied varied experience yeah um but i mean like my 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 actual childhood was amazing yeah it was really amazing and i i really appreciate i grew to appreciate a lot of different things about different other cultures yeah because i felt really surrounded by a a lot of diversity in the bay area again i've said this already but just except for black people but like truly the bay area is such a such an amazingly diverse place it happened to be the 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 private schools that i went to and that Mm -hmm. was kind of the the rub mm-hmm. were mostly white. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But aren't all private schools? Okay. Speaking of private schools, we are at Yale University right now recording this. So what has been the experience here? Uh, my experience was like, it was like an experience of finding your people. Mm-hmm. Um, and a number of people have said that to me 
who knew me in in high school and like have known me across the years. Um, I have some really good friends from high school, and they, you know, we touch base every while, every now and again. That's the phrase. Once by, way of. <laughs> by way of. <laughs> um, Wait, did I just expose you guys as Yale students or no? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just didn't know, you know. Do you think anyone listens to this podcast who does not know the two of us personally? I think you guys are going to go viral, especially if you add me. But I think <laughs> you could go viral. This is a very good podcast. I'm just saying. Thanks, Queen. Wow. You're welcome. I mean, I will advertise it on all my social media, as I already have. I'm but beaming. once again. Wow. Alive. Number one fan. What was I even saying? College, people, high school. People in high school have been finding you. Finding your people Lots of people in my life who've known me kind of across these two phases have been like, you were nice to people in high school. You got along with a lot of people in high school. Mm-hmm. Everyone, quote unquote, liked you in high school. But you've like found people in high school, which is always code for like you found queer people and you found people of color that you like mm. click with. You found them in college. Exactly. Cool. Oh, sorry. Did I say high school? Yeah. My bad. <laughs> college. <laughs> that was definitely my experience. And it happened very quickly. I'm very Where, quickly. though? Where did you find them? That's a good question. I found them, I think, a lot through CC. I think I've, I felt connected to a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And so even like even if I didn't spend all my time with those people, it was still a feeling of like, oh, like there there exists someone in the world. Not even in the world, like on the block over from me that like I really clicked with who also looked like me. And that's amazing. Mm-hmm. And that was that was enough for me. And then like joining... The singing groups that I joined, the Dukes of Men of Yale, now called Dukes of Yale, um, like initially was like truly not at all a very POC space. Mm-hmm. Um, that was my first year. But then kind of in my second year, I directed the group. And also there was a kind of influx of people of color. Jerome of, was one of them. Yes, oh, yes, there was. were. And we that wanted was like all of y'all. I'm so mad about that. <laughs> Shades wanted every single one of you. Screaming. That was like. That was a, it took it to the next level for me right there. Mm. Um, especially finding queer people of color. Mm-hmm. Again, because that was like finding myself at the intersection was really hard to kind of yeah. place. Was Did you have any experience with that? Well, I got to be, <laughs> I missed the first year that seemed to yeah. have not been the space. I mean, um, I also want to say it was a great time, but like, right. they're just, it was, it was still a white space. Different. And um, it was still a male space. Mm. Yeah. And so it felt very it felt very much like I had left high school and then put myself back in the back school. in high school, except for it was also a really queer space. It and was so that always was, a queer space. Yeah. Okay. And so that was one and that was the thing that drew me to it too. It was like, oh my gosh, like that. I want that. Yeah. And also they're singing. Okay, amazing. They're singing, okay? <laughs> they are singing. I don't know what the Dukes is up to now, but y'all was singing. Oh wait, that's not shade. It's just like I don't hear them anymore. Ooh. No, I actually mean You're that. just not around. That was I'm at, Oh my god. I have so much love for the Dukes. I just don't that know what no they shade. sound like anymore. That was no shade. That but was not you shade. guys always sounded good. I'm sure they still sound good because legacies, baby. That's true. Um I think that I mean, I got to come in in this year of Dukes that was like queer people of color are running things. Yeah. Like, as in uh, we're like, like actually running things and also everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. Mo- not to yeah. like take away from the fact that like a lot of people are not given the space to do that. Not also not to be like, oh, thank you, straight white men for stepping aside, but like being in a space where I could 
talk about whatever I wanted to talk about, and I could be passionate about the things that I was genuinely passionate about. That was not how I felt in high school. I felt like I could, I felt like a very passionate person. I felt like a person who had a lot of energy and a lot to give, but I kind of had to give it in the ways that other people were willing to receive it. Mm. Um, and I felt like Dukes in particular was a space where people were willing to receive it however I was giving it. That was my experience. I know that that is As a not queer person experience. and as a queer person of color? Yes. Mm. That's and there good. certainly were, you know, that's not to say that it was all easy. That's not to say that, Absolutely like, not. There, of course, were times that were like, okay, that we need to sit and talk <laughs> about what just happened because it was bad. Um, but you guys are good about that, especially in your groups, just sitting down and talking about it. I mean, that has to yeah. be, that has to be the MO. I agree. I agree. Communication, folks. I'm flipping the same question on you. What's the question? Of... Where at Yale do you feel you felt you've do you feel you found your found connections to blackness? Mm. Tongue twister. <laughs> but we got there. As a black woman. As a black woman. Yes, I am a black woman to the <laughs> listeners out there who don't Let know me. Know. Now you know me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um yeah. Most of mine came out of the Afam house, I think. And I think kind of side note off of myself for a second but just that at the start of my time at Yale I kind of thought that's where you had to go Mm. to figure out you know Mm. your blackness and your identity stuff like it had to start at the house if you're black sure and I I kind of resent that I had that feeling because clearly there are so many other ways to go about it and other ways to go about it that are just like better for other people and that's what we should be searching for right but for me it did come from the house um I like I said, joined Shades in my first year. I joined Shades, like, because there were black people, but also because they were singing, and I wanted to be singing, singing. with them. Singing, yeah. And listen, like, I was a Shades groupie, like, in high school. <laughs> like, senior year, That's I amazing. found out about Shades and was like, I'm going to be in this group. And I I really was a geek, and, yeah, they could tell. But they let me in. <laughs> so that was a really important space, and I think it was, like, important because of the makeup of the group but also just like the music we were singing that was important to me like um yeah that was the music I always wanted to be singing or I had been wanting to be singing and hadn't been yet um and it was excited to see it be uplifted and celebrated and like just sung sung and brought to other spaces to be uplifted and sung right like on our tours so that was one space I think um the Yale Black Women's Coalition was really crucial for me. Um, it was just, yeah, it was wild that for at least three years of my Yale career, that was center. Like, it was one of the central spaces I occupied and what people thought of when they thought of ELOF was YBWC to some extent. Because just three years prior, right, I wasn't I wasn't a black woman, like, as far no, as I yeah. was concerned. Um, and to be eventually in a role where I was feeling like I want to make everyone else feel as comfortable in their black womanhood as I possibly can, you know, with my limited ability as one individual. Like, that was cool to end up in that role. And I I hope to, you know, continue to keep doing that as a grown person. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so it was those two spaces. But I think, you know, those are two organized spaces. I also just found really amazing black friends. Black woman friends, for sure. 
black everybody friends, but I, I credit the people that I found with just the conversations that we were having and the like real moments we were sharing of joy and of pain and of you know, confusion and frustration and just, like, elation, all of those things, I really credit my friends, and I'm so glad to still have them. You two, of course, being people of those friends. Um, but, yeah, it, it it came in those organized spaces, and it also just came from the people that I found. And, man, I'm grateful. <laughs> I feel so I grateful. I love that. I'm, like, I'm I know, but it is, of joy. It is, uh, me, too. And I... I feel like I don't express gratitude enough to to all of those people that have helped me along. Gratitude, but we're is helping huge. people along. It is. And I just had this lovely recall of a memory. I I remember the first time I heard you sing mm. at the talent show in oh CC. Um, y'all, Elof did a bomb version of "Put Your Records On." Oh my oh god! Oh my god! Good song. <laughs> Amazing Good song. song. Amazing song. And I just like there was something about it that was so. It was like, it was so free and it was so freeing for oh me to like be witnessing that in a space of people of color and being like, yes, like, oh my God, yes. Like everything, everything oh, that I'm I was missing <laughs> in like a performance space that I had been growing up in because I've been, I mean, I've been on, on stage my whole life, but like yeah. without any people of color really. Mm. And that was, that's like one of the real moments for me that it's like. It is wild that her. you remember what I sang. That is so how like how could I not beautiful? <laughs> that was really an amazing night. It was it was really a good first performance at that space. I also don't remember it. Like the only, <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean by that is that like I remember it being very important and memorable, but only because of the after moments and mm. because of the videos that I have seen of it. You know, uh, okay. Which does bring me to another point. I have been searching for a name for my alter ego, my stage alter ego. And so I'm going to open it here, and I'm also going to open it to the masses, to the listeners. Mm -hmm. You know how Beyonce has Sasha Fierce. What does Elof have? Think on it. Here's really what just transpired in my mind. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it was the first idea that I had, okay? So your initials E.E., right? Okay. Like E.E. Cummings, the poet, but like E.E., Come sings. <laughs> oh my gosh. So oh here's my, my new idea. We don't we don't <laughs> That was bad. I thought that was no, good. No, no. It was so bad that I don't even want to be in a podcast of three people anymore. I want it to be no. Kenyon and I. Oh my gosh, you I'm, just got excited. And your mom. <laughs> No, okay, that was bad, but I do, you have good ideas, so try again. Not necessarily now, but keep trying. E.E. Come sing. Those are my initials, E.E. My middle initial is an A for Abdullah, so. Oh. But it doesn't have to play off of that. Right, that was just one direction, one idea, one direction. Wow, I love What was the drag name that you said was really good? Misfortune? Misfortune. And I. And you dragged it. You dragged that name. I, just, my I real drag, drag name. I think is, you're right. It's not super original. Yeah. Yeah. My real drag name is going to be Buki DeBeppo. <laughs> I wish y'all could see the way he just pulled his <laughs> mic in. He said, Buki DeBeppo. <laughs> I'm just saying. Wait, what? My words. You know the restaurant Buka DeBeppo? No, I don't. A what? Where do they have that at? It's like this big Italian restaurant. They serve you way too much food. And then I had a 
my hurdles coach in high school, her name was Buki Bemigboye. Okay. And so Buki DeBeppo would be my name. Okay. Wow. Okay. This space has been a a really a transformative moment. Yeah, and what y'all don't know is that we're gonna extend it beyond this podcast. So sorry for you. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but before we leave you guys, we have to for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh shit. We've send, send it. it. It's in our in the spirit of gratitude. Yes. Mm. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna do mine first. Mine is really quick. Go ahead. It's not actually uh it's not very what am I trying to say? It's not to a specific person. It's just that in the past week, I have decided to um, not spend time on things that I don't care about. Um, mm. And it really has brought me a lot of joy. Say that. And Jerome. so I'm sending it to that. <laughs> I'm here for that. What's and yours? I would absolutely recommend to everyone. Sending it to priorities and to joy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So I'm sending it to something that pales in significance. I guess. Um, but it's this YouTube show that I've been living for really recently, as in like the last four days. I've watched maybe like 25 episodes of Hot Ones. Anybody? No? I no takers? No. Okay. It's like an interview show. They have like a lot of musicians and actors on it, usually. Um, but what you, what they do, like there's this interviewer guy, and he comes on, <laughs> and like basically it's about hot wings and hot sauce and how hot you can go. And wow. so they have, like, a whole bunch of chicken wings lined up, and they, like, put different sauces on the wings and that, like, go from mild to, like, kill to yourself wild. hot. Yeah. Um, and you get to see how, you know, how it goes. But the cool thing is that, like, while they're doing this, they're interviewing the entire time. And so um, it kind of brings out, as it gets hotter and hotter, it brings out some crazy reactions to people, and people start answering questions in ways they never would have oh, had they not been, like, cool. tweaking off of pops, like hot sauce. I want to try that. I always, anyway. whenever I see things like that, think I can take the spiciest thing. Like, I just, in my head, I'm like, oh, I can do the spiciest one. And what has been your experience? Well, I've never tried it. <laughs> <laughs> it's just all in my head. Okay, I You have, said you had two. I have two. And I'm just excited about them because, to the viewers, um, I mean the listeners, <laughs> we, I, did not know what we would be talking about beforehand. They purposefully kept it from me. Okay. And they will deny that, but they did. Okay. But I'm glad to have talked about blackness, my favorite topic. My favorite topic so much, in fact, that both of the sended ideas that I have are <laughs> related to blackness, of course. Yeah. Um, my first send it is to black Twitter. Are you guys oh, part? yeah. Or do you frequent black I'm Twitter? I'm hip. Canyon is not hip, um, and that is fine. But Black <laughs> Twitter gives me everything. They give me my news. They give me not my opinions, but people's opinions that I, you know, sometimes tap into. Right. And I've just I don't know. I've you know I love social media, like as <laughs> I've said. <laughs> I've always said that I mostly love Instagram, but this week it's just been like I'm spending a lot. I'm spending a lot of time on Twitter, and have just been very appreciative for the. For the Twitter sphere. The Twitter sphere. And somehow I've just ended up following people, people that I know and people that I don't know that just offer really good things, you know? Crucial. That's great. Crucial. It's mostly like black poets, which is cool. interesting, but because I'm not, I'm not a poet. But yes. My second send it is one that all three of us will be able to relate to, I believe. And that is to the color yellow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. I... I don't okay. want you to think that this is shady. You're wearing an Arthur outfit right now. 
Jerome. It is shady. It's no, not... Arthur was my favorite TV show. <laughs> you could have just said you're wearing a great outfit that consists of a beautiful yellow turtleneck that sits so beautifully on your brown skin and some nice jeans. But That's you know, true. Arthur gives it those layers of resonance. You right. know what? I'll take it. I'll take it. Yes, but the color Say yellow. Say more about yellow. Say it's more about how you're that. slaying in yellow right now. It is December 1st tomorrow. You're right. And all of our skin is just not, it's not the way it was a few months ago. <laughs> you Look, know, it is I not the crying. way it was. <laughs> we're not glowing. Right. We're glowing, but we're not glowing. Right. It's not August. Exactly. Oh, my God. Oh my God I look at back. pictures. Take I know. Back. Sometimes I'm like, ooh. Yeah. But yellow, good. see, yellow does things in August, but it can continue to do things Yeah. in December. Okay. And so I'm wearing yellow today, and in my Arthur outfit, and <laughs> I'm thankful for the color yellow on black people. <laughs> Believe in the power. Believe in the power. I love it. Elof, wow. it has been literally amazing to have you it on It has been my pleasure. I can't wait to be back next week. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, did you hear? Oh, Tommy, Tommy's shaking his head no. No, he's not. Uh, you made that up. Okay. Tommy um, is there, but he is not shaking his head. Okay. <laughs> thank any, you so much. Any parting thank words? You. Um, thank you. Next. <laughs> and that's literally <laughs> all. I feel that. I feel that deep in my heart. Goodbye. Thank you, next. <laughs> and that's all we have for you today. We Love That is brought to you by Drone Walker and Kenyon Duncan. Art by Griffin Keller. And music by Sophia Campomore. See you later, everybody. Bye. Bye.